Again, we welcome you to South Hills. Uh, uh, we welcome you to Easter at South Hills. The celebration of, uh, of Easter is, the, is one of the most celebrated, most important moments in history, and certainly one of the most important moments in Christianity. You see, Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God, marking the defeat of sin and death for all mankind. This is what's so incredible about it, that Jesus is defeated by his death and his resurrection. He defeated death and sin, not just for the believers, but for all mankind. Now, one of the most fascinating things about Easter is, is how unexpected it was. For you and I, we've been celebrating Easter for years and years and years. And maybe you're here for the first time because you were invited and you were like, man, I've heard about Easter, but I really know, don't know the details on it. But for the people back then who lived with Jesus over 2,000 years ago, it was really unexpected. You see, at sunrise on Easter morning, there was nobody at the tomb counting down from 10. Okay, it's going to happen. 10, 9, 8, 3, 2, 1, poof, he's gone. That's not how it played out whatsoever. The disciples had scattered. The followers had given up. And even Jesus' mother wasn't waiting for him. You see, they all expected Jesus to stay dead. Not because they didn't believe that he'd actually rise from the grave, but because they all thought that his salvation, that his resurrection would look different. That it would look different than how it played out. You see, they believed in a Messiah, in a Savior that would come and overthrow an oppressive, uh, uh, oppressive regime, defeat their enemies, and conquer the world with power and authority. That's not how it actually played out. And for us today, we're not always more clear on what actually, what's actually happening than they were on that first Easter. When we think of Easter, we think it through the lens of dressing up, looking sharp, right? No offense to those who look sharp. You look beautiful and handsome today, right? But we think of Easter of looking uh, sharp and, and, and handsome and beautiful, getting dressed up, maybe some in matching outfits. My mom used to dress me up like my cousin. We wore the same outfit. We're, like, we're not even twins. We're like four years apart. I was the older, and so I didn't like nobody wearing the same outfit I had. So I would take his hat and throw it away so he wouldn't look like me. Sorry, Mel, you're watching. Easter looks... It's, uh, Easter comes with cute bonnets, baskets filled with plastic eggs and way too much candy. There's flowers and there's even little bunnies. And don't get me wrong, I like that stuff. I think it's cool, it's fun. 
Right now, there are three huge eggs waiting for my girls at home. Even my 26-year-old got offended when I said, I think you're too old for eating at the basket. She was like, uh-uh. Little does she know, it has laundry, Comet, Ajax, window cleaner. But the actual resurrection story is one of flesh and dirt and confusion and the way that God never seems to adhere to our expectations, the way God never seems to match up to our expectations, to give us what we thought or what we had hoped. This morning, I want to read you a story of one person's expectations of what Easter Sunday would look like. In John chapter 20, starting in verse 11, Mary, and it's not talking about Mary, uh, Jesus' mom, but one of Jesus' BFF, right? Mary Magdalene. She was standing outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying or lying. Verse 13, Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. And I want you to hold on to that piece of scripture. She saw someone there who happened to be Jesus, but she did not recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabbanai, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brother and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. And then she gave him his message. So let's pause right there. If you're reading this for the first time, or maybe you kind of like actually pay attention to what was being said here. If this is not a crazy moment, then I don't know what is. She happens to look inside the tomb and sees two angels and begins to have a dialogue with them. Like, honestly, I see two angels, I'm running. Right? Because they're there and they're not supposed to be there. But she's looking for Jesus and then she mistakes him for a gardener. Like, weren't you hanging out with Jesus? Didn't you know what Jesus looked like? Mary, who has spent the last few years with Jesus, who loved Jesus, who had left everything to follow Jesus, was even there when he was recruited. Bob, can we turn off that heat for a second, please? Thank you. I am feeling it up here. She did not recognize Jesus. The one who has spent time with Jesus in the flesh did not recognize Jesus. That's pretty mind-blowing to me to think about it. I was talking with Noah the other night about some of the paintings and representations that we see of Jesus in the movies or uh, in TV or museums or any kind of photo and how they usually depict Jesus. Like he's wearing, uh, he's like a, a wingless angel glowing and bright 
white light behind him. Some even have this, this weird halo around his head. But I've never seen any depictions of Jesus the gardener. Have you? Or, you know, on, on his knees trying to dig up plant seeds. Maybe the halo was a sombrero. I don't know. But I, I, I've never seen one, right? I've never seen one. The truth is, Mary wasn't expecting a resurrection, and she definitely didn't recognize who he was. Mary was looking for Jesus. She wasn't open to seeing how he might show up. She was locked in on one way and one way only. And because she, she was locked in on that way, she couldn't see or recognize who Jesus was. She couldn't imagine him looking anything different than the picture that she had already engraved in her mind. But here's the thing, friends. That wasn't just something that happened to, 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 to Mary. This wasn't just her issue. It happened to others as well. In Luke chapter 24, 13 to 16, right, it says that some that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And in verse 15, it says, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and, uh, came and began walking with them. But God kept them recognizing him. So they were walking and all of a sudden this person shows up right next to them and they cannot recognize him. Verse 30, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. Then in John 21, 1 to 4, it says, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Verse 4, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. They're trying to get fish, and they're not catching anything. And then Jesus gives some instruction, and all of a sudden, they have a boatload of fish coming. And he says, now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew at that point that it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them bread and the fish. This was the third time that Jesus had appeared uh, to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. So people who knew Jesus, who hung out with him, who spent time with him, who talked with him, who ate fish, excuse me, fish and bread with him, did not recognize Jesus when he appeared to them. Sounds borderline craziness, right? To think that we could somehow not recognize Jesus. I mean, we're all at church here on Easter Sunday, right? But the question is, would you recognize Jesus? If Jesus came and sat next to you, would you recognize him? Think about your image of of Jesus, when you think of Jesus and what he looks like. Think about that image. And think if we ran across the room, it'll be different. 
I remember as a little kid, and even maybe as a teenager, it even happens to me as a I see a picture of Jesus. I try to see if his eyes still follow me. Where am I going to go? You ever did that before? Anybody? It's, it, like, it keeps, keeps following you. And Jesus is, has that, like, there's so many postures of Jesus, right? So, they have him leaning to the side. They got him going to peace side. Like, there's so many different things you see Jesus do out there. It's crazy. But we all have this image of what Jesus would look like. And I'm asking you this morning, if Jesus sat next to you, would you recognize him? Would you be like, hey, Jesus, I didn't know you were coming today. Did you get an invite or social media? How'd that work? How'd you get, like, how'd you get here? Here's the thing, church. If his closest friends and followers didn't recognize him physically in their presence, why would we assume we'd automatically notice his presence in our lives today? If the very same people that did life with Jesus, that hung out with him, didn't recognize him, what what would make you assume that you would recognize Jesus sitting right next to you? I mean, we all have an idea of where we need help and how salvation must look. And what if, but, but, but what if, what, what if, what if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? What if we're waiting for the wrong things or putting all of our eggs in the wrong basket? See what I did there? Eggs, basket, Easter, We'll keep going. Church, this morning I would like to show you quickly three ways that the disciples missed Jesus that first Easter and how we may possibly be in danger of doing the same. Let's start off with Mary. Number one, Mary mistook him for a gardener. Mary mistook him for a gardener. Do you know what gardeners do? They do things slowly, meticulously. Their hands are in the dirt. It's working, weeding, and supporting. Gardening is slow, consistent work over a long period of time. We here, we live, we live in a microwave culture. We get frustrated when our movie doesn't upload quickly enough on our iPhone on a plane as we travel across the sea. Friends, we need to recognize that Jesus is at work in us. And that process may take a while. And that process is different from person to person to person. There are some things that Jesus wants to work inside of you that's different than the way he wants to work in the side of someone else. And that's why we call this a personal journey. It's a personal journey because it is about you and Jesus, and it's nobody else. Nobody else's journey. And so it may look different than what you expected. It may look different. Like my testimony will be different than your testimony. A testimony is something that uh, a moment in time where we have seen Jesus take us from point A to point B. And my journey is different than your journey. And so you cannot expect Jesus to look the same way in your life as he appeared in my life. Does that make sense? Number two, the disciples on the road thought he was just a stranger. 
Friends, we're surrounded by people all day long. And for, the most, for most of us, we try avo- to avoid making eye contact with people that we don't know. But I wonder who, might, who we might miss if this is our approach to how we do life. Jesus was very clear that when we love, serve, feed, and care for people around us, that this is as, as though we are doing it unto him. Jesus speaks to us through people. He guides us through others. And he cares for us through the people around us. What are we missing when we don't pay attention to the people around us? Sometimes Jesus is in the very presence of someone else. And he's going to use that person to speak to us, to minister to us, to kind of show us the way. Sometimes we just put our head down and we lock our way from other people and say, oh, we're introverted. No, yeah, you probably are. But Jesus wants to do something incredible, and you have to look at every corner to see his presence. His presence. Number three, the disciples in the boat didn't pay attention until the miracle. We're all hoping that God will show up in a big, miraculous way in our lives. We want the whole, the fireworks. We want, we want the music loud. We want the, 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 the celebration. We want God to do something, his very presence to be known and everybody to know about it. Unfortunately for many of us, if we don't see the miracle, then we don't see God. If we don't see the miracle, then we don't see God. We assume his presence isn't here if his power isn't seen. When Jesus spoke to a weeping and confused Mary, he asked her two questions. Who are you? Why are you crying? And who are you looking for? Why are you crying? And who are you looking for? And I believe he might be asking us the same thing today. Who are you looking for this Easter Sunday? Who are you looking for? Listen, if salvation looks different than what you expected, right? What if salvation looked different than what you expected? What if God's showing up in your life in beautiful and ordinary and beautifully ordinary ways and you've just been missing it because you were told it had to look different. You were told that you had to cry. You were told that you had to feel this thing inside of you. You, told, you were told that you had to lift up your hands. You were told that you had to go dance. You were told that you had to go run around. You were told that you had to kneel and pray. You were told that you should be looking for someone with a halo. You were told that Jesus is this color. You were told that he had a beard. You were told... Do you see what I'm going on? There's so many ways that people told us that Jesus would come, but what if he's showing up in your life different in a different way? Church, I want you to hold on to this this morning. When your idea of salvation is predefined, you risk missing it entirely. When you have taken Jesus 
and what he looks like and what his salvation feels like, and you've put it in a predetermined box because that is what someone told you. You are close. You might be really close to missing him entirely because you could be looking for something this way, and he is doing something totally, totally different. How many ever played Where's Waldo? Right, any? Sometimes you start seeing doubles. So you start seeing things. Like they purposely put things that have red and white. And you think, oh, oh, no, that's not him. Oh, oh, I thought, no, that's not him either. What if Waldo was dressed differently? Would you be able to find him then? You see, it would be that much more difficult to find him because you are solely set on him wearing a red and white striped shirt and a, a little hat. And Jesus said, don't be looking for me looking like a, in a box. Don't put me in a box. I'm coming for you. I'm coming to you. Be open to what I have for you. When your idea of salvation is predefined, you risk missing it entirely. When it has to look and feel a certain way, when it has to match your expectations, you risk missing the entire thing, church. Some of you have missed Jesus because you were looking for the perfect, shiny, glowing angel when in reality it might be dressed in the dirty work clothes of a Savior who is right here with you, not above you. When we have this picture of a clean and tidy God, it's easy to assume that he wants clean and tidy followers. But if you think salvation looks like perfection and piety, you'll never find it. Because salvation isn't clean. Salvation isn't perfect. Some of us have missed Jesus because we expected the cuddly baby from the Christmas story, sweet, innocent, and never asking anything hard from us. But Jesus calls us to follow him and his ways, not to improv. Some of us have, been, uh, have just been looking for the normal teacher, and we've been trying our best to live by the rules. But we've got this aching sense that we're still missing something because salvation, the salvation Jesus offers isn't just about behavior modifications. There's more to it. Some of us have been looking for Jesus who crushes our enemies, who crushes our enemies in the world or at least the righteous judge who will strike down the broken or evil people around us. But you know, that's never me. He's not, he's not looking to strike me down. I got it together. Some of us are searching for Jesus who, if we believe hard enough, gives us all the good things that we want, like a grandparent giving us some goodies when our parents aren't looking. All we need to do is do enough good things and we'll receive him. Church, but when we are set on looking for these other versions of Jesus, we'll end up confused, crying, and feeling lost like Mary was. Jesus asked her, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? As if to say, if you were looking for the right thing, you wouldn't be crying. 
If you were looking for the right thing, you wouldn't be crying. Friends, the message of Easter is that God so loved the world that he gave his life as a sacrifice for us for the forgiveness of sins. The message of Easter is that powerful and perfect love of God raised Christ from the dead, defeating both sin and death. The message of Easter is that you and I are invited to experience a new and flourishing life that only a gardener could cultivate. Friends, Jesus, the real Jesus, actually wants you to know him. And he wants to know you. He wants you to know him and he wants to know you. I want to encourage you today to identify the rules that you've held on to and exchange them for the freedom of God's salvation. 